This episode is sponsored by EOP Media. EOP Media exists to advance the marketing discipline and move it out of the cycle of reactive and redundant change. That is why we say EOP Media is a new type of marketing agency for the next age of marketing. We will achieve our mission through the process of driving and supporting four big areas, transforming the marketing profession, evolving marketing for the new economy, revolutionizing the startup ecosystem, and enabling individual agency of identity and data. If your organization is wrestling with the same ideas, or if you're interested in learning more about our ideas for the new economy, please get in touch with us at eopmedia.com. Welcome to the Tech Aunties Podcast, where we're bringing you industry context and vision from myself, Angelia McFarland, and Gina Rosenthal. On each podcast, we will share our marketing and technology industry experiences along with the tea. Listen to us as we explain the past so you can have context to understand and create your own version of the future. So let's get into it. Well, hello, everyone. Today's episode is another marketing episode. And today we are talking to Mr. Michael Pope, and we are going to be talking about the magic and the technical side of marketing. A lot of people talk about marketing as being fluffy and emotional and creative, and it is all of those things. But there's also a technical element to marketing. And Michael has deep experience on both sides. So Mr. Michael Pope describes himself as Germany-born, Florida-raised. He designs, builds, and implements solutions for the web. And when he's not spending time with his amazing family, he's hiking and doing all of the things, including brewing drinkable beer, playing soccer, or building PCs. You see already, you see that that creative side and that technical side and all the things that Michael likes to do. You can find Michael at somethingkiller.com. That's S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N-G-K-I-L-L-E-R.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn at Michael Pope, Instagram at somethingkiller, and Twitter. Even though Gina and I don't like Twitter anymore. You can find Michael on Twitter at something killer as well. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'd like to start off just saying uh, Tech Ani's awesome title for a podcast. So thank uh, you. Back to you guys on that. Thank you. Uh, But thanks for having me. Something killer is pretty killer, too. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it kind of. The inception was uh, I like to do killer things and I like to, you know, like to build killer things. So kind of stuck. Wait, I never realized you brew beer. So I'm kinda, yes. All uh, right. In my in my past time, I've I've been doing it for about six, seven years when, when I get some free time. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a fun activity. Where That's do you get your hops thing in from? Austin? Yeah. Where do you get oh, your yeah. hops from? Um, so I actually get them from uh, Yakima Valley. Hops is kind of my my go to place. Okay. 
Um, but I'm I'm actually taking a stab this year. I'm trying to grow my own hops. I did um, that last year and it didn't work out for me. I bet it's better where you are because it's more humid. I think this humid. Yeah. Is. Yeah. So this will be, we'll see. The first year, I don't think we're going to get a yield, but you know, it's, it's nice to kind of play around and see if I can, I can grow my own. They do like it hot though. I'll tell you that, but they did not like Texas. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to I'm going to stay with hops and beer for a second and 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 talk to you about Gina and I had mentioned on a previous podcast and we're finding this to be true with marketers. Marketers are really entrepreneurs at heart and most marketers have some sort of side gig. In addition to brewing, do you is brewing just a hobby or do you do a little um competition or do you sell it <laughs> as well? Um, no, it's usually kind of a, a social kind of a thing. You know, anytime we have a keg at the house, you know, we we we, we invite some people over. So I, I haven't really tried my hand in selling it. But as far as for, you know, being an entrepreneur, absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, since I've been like 16, I've always had kind of a side hustle, whether it's web design or digital arts or, you know, uh, marketing these days. But um, yeah, I, I think that you're right about, you know, marketers always kind of have kind of something in their back pocket that they can kind of, uh, you know, lean on that takes comes from a hobby, but, you know, sometimes turns into something that that turns into a full-time gig. And something killer is your, that's your, is that your nine to five or is that your side hustle? Yeah. So um, my, that is actually in 2020, um, I took the plunge uh, from a full-time marketing and uh, sales director position at a uh, uh, healthcare group and did basically marketing sales consulting from 2020 on forward. So it is a full-time, you know, I'm in it as a freelance marketer. Um, I primarily kind of stay in the healthcare technology uh, wheelhouse. Those are kind of what I've cut my teeth over the past 10 years in. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So something killer is my personal website, just, you know, basically kind of a blog learnings, things I come across. And then um, I've got a couple um, other, you know, company focused websites, uh, you know, focused on basically the, the services that I provide. But I want to talk to you about uh, web design and SEO. Um, and really, the reason the reason that we wanted to reach out to you for this particular episode is your expertise in SEO, which is uh, many people understand that it's important. Few people know how to do it well. Okay, wait. The techie is going to ask what an acronym means. Oh, search engine optimization Thank you. for those of you who don't know what SEO is. Um, and so, Michael, SEO is a very, it is a very technical discipline. It's about algorithms. It's about um, making sure you understand what you need to do to, to make that algorithm put you where you want to be. And it's about following those algorithms every time they change, which I assume yes. is pretty often. Often, yes. Talk to me a little bit. Tell tell us a little bit about your SEO journey um, and and how you would define and describe the the discipline of of search engine optimization. Sure. Yeah, I can do a little bit. Um, I don't claim to be an expert in it, um, but it is something that you know I, I there. Like any freelance marketer, you've got to kind of have many hats and SEO is is kind of one of those instances that that you have to make sure that you're up on. But yeah, so basically um, the way I approach it is, is SEO is intent driven, right? So, you know, 
understanding that you need to position yourself, your business, your your offer, your your you know your services in that way. Um, and that paradigm shifts, uh, you know, like you said, uh, periodically. I mean, I, you know, really, Google is still you know, the main kind of uh, force in this and and they roll out algorithm updates regularly. So kind of being um, familiar with that, understanding the technical aspect of not just the content that fits on the, the DOM, but, you know, all of the other kind of background things, you know, the meta descriptions, the, you know, making sure that your open graphs kind of, uh, um, you know, organized, all of these things are, yeah, they're technical and, Staying on top of that uh, because the technology and really the the traffic changes. Um, but I, I think that if you get your core services, you get your core messaging, um, and you're able to kind of encompass that, your positioning, um, SEO tends to be technical, but a lot of it is you. there's a lot of tools out there that enable you to kind of, you know, um, uh, give you that superpower on making sure that, you know, you're you're optimizing as efficiently as possible. So, um, I tend to look at SEO on on the lens of what is the you know what is the intent that you're trying to capture and making sure that your your offer and your strategies are aligned with that. So you said intent driven. I'm just going to make sure we get the the 101 baby steps of all of this. Mm-hmm. So could you talk about that? And could you talk a little bit? You know, if we're going to talk about Google, which thank goodness we're just going to stick to Google, uh, but but um. Uh, there's a lot changing within Google now. So it's, it, it, it's, it is super technical. It's almost like you have to understand what the releases are, just like I would do in a situation where I'm evaluating how to write about or how to position a technical um, launch. I, I feel like Google is much the same way, but back, explain the tent driven just a little bit in case sure. we have tech. Yeah, listening. absolutely. So, I mean, think about what, what, what is the ideal action that you're using in in, in SEO, right? You're, you're searching for something, right? There is an intent to your action and, and understanding how you can uh, be at the front of that opportunity. Um, you know, whether it's a, you know, mom and pop, best burgers near me, that that's intent or, you know, something as, as, as deep as maybe a technical, uh, you know, feature or benefit that you're kind of wanting to learn a little bit more about. So, um, it's one of those those kind of channels in in marketing that is a lot more forward facing um, with the interaction, right? You're, you're you're diving into something that you're you're looking for the result, and a lot of time in marketing, it's it's the other way around, right? It's that awareness. Oh, this is a new product or service, um, so it's unique in that regard. But to your point about the the Google the SEO is changing, um, search is changing. Um, and, you know, I think it's an exciting time to kind of be, you know, um, looking at that as an opportunity to kind of sharpen your skills on some other uh, tools and, and technologies that are coming. But you are right. I mean, there is there is disruption coming and we'll see how big of an impact that is. Mm-hmm. I want to ask, I want to. I want to backtrack to intent again. I know, Michael, you're probably going to kill me. You're like, I'm tired of talking about intent. How do you, my experience as a marketer is it's very difficult from to get most clients to understand what their intent is. Uh, do you have, is it, do you find that to be the most difficult? And do you have strategies that you use or recommendations for people on how to identify what the right intent is for SEO purposes or for any purpose? It doesn't have to just be SEO. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I've always 
you know, I, I didn't start in marketing. I, I kind of straddled both design and technology for a while and and, and marketing kind of uh, grew from that. But I've always had uh, looking at things from an empathetic lens, like, you know, what is what is the ideal customer? What is the the person that is going to be driving, going to this site or this service or kind of digging from there? And for me, that has been the key to kind of like where I start my intent is is understanding who that ICP is, understanding you know who is the guy that 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 is, is searching for a DevOps you know platform, who is the guy that's searching for a new healthcare you know uh, provider. So um, that I, I take my cadence from that uh, from the beginning, and you know sometimes that's a challenge. You know, telling you know a, a client that hey, you need to kind of do a little bit of deep dive of who you're you know, your core persona is, um, you know, the feedback could be, oh, man, well, I got this customer list. And, you know, let's just pick something from there. And it's a little bit deeper. And, you know, getting that right, uh, allows you to kind of build um, off of that, you know, whether that's SEO, whether that's content, whether that's, you know, positioning. So um, if you get that right, um, that sets the tone. And that's, for me, that's one of the biggest challenges with new clients that, that haven't had a, you know, consistent marketing campaign or anything kind of under their belt is, understanding why you need to do the due diligence at the beginning of 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 a you know campaign or go to market strategy so um i try to keep that in in mind anytime i have you know onboarding a new client and when you when you onboard new clients and they don't have that uh, do you find and and this is kind of the entrepreneurial question too um do you find that you have to adjust your services to help them back back up and 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 get that done um do you let them know i mean have have you ever fired a client because you said because you they 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 refuse to give you the the background work that you need and you realize that you're never going to make them happy because you don't have what you need to make them happy have you have you ever fired a client for that reason um so I mean, like any freelance, you, you you do have clients that are your rock stars and you have clients that, you know, you kind of just, you know, can provide as much as you can and and, and kind of go from there. Um, as far as for uh, ideal customer profile, because I've, I've kind of stayed, I don't want to say stayed in my lane, but like stayed in specific verticals that, you know, I, I have deep subject matter um, understanding with, I, I think I haven't had a lot of resistance on saying, well, Heck, man, who's your you know who's your ideal customer profile based on your you know last year's sales? Let's do a deep dive into to that type of thing. Um, but certainly, getting clients to understand that it's not just throwing some content, it's not just throwing you know something you know hastily kind of put together and and you know uh, without doing kind of that base research. Um, and sometimes that's that's hard for a client because they want execution. And honestly, as an entrepreneur, I, I empathize with that, right? You're in a position where you've got a, you know, speed wins when it comes to those kind of, you know, small gains. And so I, while you've got to do the the kind of deep dive, you also kind of have to understand that, you know, there there is a, a need for speed on in some sort of capacity. But as far as for clients, yeah, there have been clients where just my services and philosophy didn't align. And, you know, there's other ones that have aligned and, you know, they've been clients for years. So, um, you know, it's just you got to you got to be able to be consciously be able to navigate through that. Um, and that just it's just exposure. How much of your 
work on a day-to-day basis is creative versus technical. And if you'd like to define for me what you, when, when you answer that question, because I think different people have different definitions for what part of their work is creative versus which part of their work is technical. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think for, for me, because I'm a freelance marketer first, like you have to have, I mean, you have to be a jack of all trades, right? Or at least you have to have, you know, a, a process in place that you can, you can kind of, you know, manage that campaign. You know, you might not necessarily be the full-time graphic designer that's doing the thumbnails and the mock-ups, but you might be, you know, somebody that kind of provides the 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 lens for content and focusing. For me personally, I'd say it's probably about a 60-40 split, um, 60 tech, 40 creative, um, just because really where a lot of it just has to do with the channels that you're using for, you know, specific campaigns. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of my day-to-day work is, you know, either directly, so uh, digitally, digital ad aligned, you know, email channel aligned. Um, and also, you know, really kind of setting things up from a marketing auto- automation perspective. Um, so I would say probably the majority of what I do in tech is aligned with setting up either uh, systems or process in a marketing automation platform. You know, y- you take your pick, your HubSpots, your Zoho's, your, um, you know, your autopilots. Um, and then on the creative side, it is probably about 40% where that's honing basically either the content of the positioning, the the offer, um, or, you know, really kind of making sure how the creative can match the branding guidelines that, you know, have been, you know, created in the past. Um, and really you, you, your standard tools for, for that creative side, you know, uh, there's a lot of in digital marketing, I've, I've noticed kind of a, a trend more so to newer uh, technologies like Figma and, um, you know, kind of using Canvas in that area. But uh, a lot of stuff is still, you know, Adobe has a significant suite of tools that, you know, encompasses a lot of creative, um, you know, uh, types of tasks. So that's kind of in my wheelhouse um, these days is, you know, on a, on a normal day. Michael and I work together and I know that there has not been anything I've said, hey, can you help me do this? He just does it. He's fantastic at finding problems. <laughs> you might not want me advertising this, but he's fantastic <laughs> at finding problems in WordPress. He's a great web developer. So, I mean, there's thank you. There's just a ton of stuff that he, on top of the rest of it. So, you know, the client we work on together, we have, um, you know, I've already done the messaging and everything else. And it's, it's constant changing because they're a startup and there's, you know, stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, I, I, he is very technical as well you know so he, oh, can, he well, said 60 percent, 60 percent of his role is technical which i i mean i i wasn't surprised but i i've never sat down to try and quantify it myself right but i think other people would be surprised mm-hmm. people yeah. like i think your clients would be surprised that 60 percent of your work is tech is technical and 40 yeah. percent is creative well, I think also too, really, because you know, digital marketing and and marketing automation. I mean, those two yeah. things encompass so much of a marketer's like day to day that you have to you you either have to you have to know it or you have to have you know things in place to to make sure that you're you're you know you're you're making it happen. And so me, I've just always gravitated towards that, right? Like like I said, you know, previously, like I I was running, I I built my first 
my, you know, website and Microsoft front page at 16 for Ooh. You know, like a, like a mosquito commission, you know, uh, I don't know if they have like these type of departments in other States, but in Florida, you know, like mosquito control commissions are like kind of big entities. Important. Um, so I've always had technical, you know, from that, from that first client. And I've only seen that that need is, is even more so um, these days because everybody, everybody from a small business to, you know, uh, you know, fortune 500 companies are using systems to do their marketing. It's no longer just a marketing plan on a bulletin board or a spreadsheet. It's now a marketing plan and how that correlates with, you know, a customer journey on, you know, uh, Salesforce or, you know, a, uh, you know, win back campaign on, you know, constant contact. So all of these, these tools require you to have at least a, a level of technical acumen to, to, to know what the heck they can do and the power that they have. Do you think that the rise of these tools is a positive, is having a positive impact on the marketing discipline? Or do you think, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do an or, I'm, I'm going to let you answer that question. <laughs> sure. Um, I think with any any new tool or technology, there's there's always you know the upside is oh this thing's going to make it easier, right? Like oh this you know I'm I'm going to just stick this dr- clicky draggy this thing here and boom <laughs> we're going to get so many leads, right? Right. And so I, I think that's that that's kind of always been the paradigm for for marketing, right? Like it it's not just digital, right? And you know uh, in the fifties when you know print ad and and direct mail were like huge. Revenues, there was, oh, it's so easy to run these campaigns and go because everything is kind of, you know, more efficient. Um, I think that's always going to be the case, whether it's in digital or if it's, you know, in offline channels. Um, But there is negatives. I think one of the things that because you have these tools that are able to reach such a huge audience and such a large, you know, um, opportunity at your fingertips, a lot of time it does take uh, that that separation, right? you're able to infer uh, traffic and intent and impressions on like breakneck speeds. You run a campaign in a, a, a digital, you know, um, platform, you get attribution like like that. And so while that's great to iterate and refine, um, sometimes that's misleading because you might be getting, you know, it's it because you have so many signals, the opportunity for false signals is, is you know, is larger. Absolutely. And, um, I, I just think you just have to be conscious with that. It's not it's not something where this thing is bad or this thing is good. It's it's you you're able to do your job and uh, scenario 12 to 24 months back in the past. You're probably using a different tool or a different stack or a different process. So I think that's that's not going to change. Um, I just think understanding that as a marketer, you have to be adaptable, but you also have to keep the fundamentals of what you know, what the intent is. You know, really, for me, that boils down to um, I've got kind of an ethos on like my marketing. There was a book in, uh, I don't know, the 90s called the Clue Train Manifesto. It was like a primer for Internet marketing. It was like a 95 thesis thing. And the first thesis was markets are conversations. It's very simple. It's a very straightforward, Mm -hmm. you know, assumption. But it's pretty profound. If you can use a channel or technology or an opportunity to either enhance a conversation or create a conversation, that's marketing. And so I don't, the tools, the technologies, uh, you know, the the channels are going to change. But if the conversations are still prevalent in doing marketing, 
um, you know, that's going to be here to stay. I think that's one of the challenges with having these tools that can give you so many signals right now is just that point right there. You can't have all of these conversations and really hook into the ones that are going to be the ones that bring you true leads and have conversations with prospective customers and get them to go over the finish line and become customers. I think that's one of the challenges of having all of the automation tools is you see the signals go up and down on all of these different channels, but where's the converse, you know, where's that drumbeat, that conversation that have that hopefully you've created with maybe one or two of those signals and which of those you know, I'm wiggling 10 fingers. We don't have video on this, like wiggling my fingers. So you have all these 10 signals coming in. So where are the yeah. two or three that you're really able to create conversations? Right. What are the criticals? Right. right. And that's really, I think that's the challenge with having digital marketing um, and not having somebody technical that can maybe explain, well, maybe we want to this, you know, this is how we can test it, those kind of things. So I, I, I would, can you give an example Um of I'm as you were talking, I'm thinking about all of the things that we understand. Like we understand signals, we understand channels, we understand right. But I think I have over my career when I talk to more technical people who say I want X, whatever it is, right? I want a blog post or right. I want a campaign. They don't even necessarily use the word campaign. Can you get this on LinkedIn? Um, and and I don't. They don't understand the back end. So when you go back to them and you say, "Well, to your first point, are the the is your intent is is a customer that's part of your intent scenario on LinkedIn, right? So so that's that's the first question. Um, right. And then the second question is is Okay, I'm I'm gonna put this on LinkedIn, but but this is it's not just just putting it on LinkedIn doesn't solve your problem. There's all of right. these things that happen in the background that I as a marketer, you as a marketer, Michael, see and you begin to make adjustments that the people who ask us to do these things, they don't understand that. And I was wondering, mm -hmm. it, there may not be a way, but is there a way for you to give a, an example of like a fake product, like a pet rock. Do you remember pet rocks? Yes. Pet rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a fake product and what right. it, and what you mean by, you know, you run a campaign and you get signals and you make decisions based on that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in the, in the pet rock scenario. So <laughs> I, you know, one of the things that I've, I've, and this is, you know, maybe a hard lesson and one that I probably have to keep learning is, is in marketing, there's, there's no silver bullet. There's no one shot, one kill. There's not one channel that you might crush it on one specific uh, vertical, but it's going to do, you know, nothing on another. So as marketers, you have to be, you have to have that conscious, you know, understanding of testing, iterating, you know, refining. And, you know, uh, technology is great for that, right? It allows you to have a very, very tight feedback loop, um, but it's not going to be single channel. So, you know, for, for pets, pet rocks, right? I would... I would approach a campaign like that in in an omni-channel fashion, and as long as you have some some type of attribution or some type of success signal, right? Like you know whether that's top funnel, just awareness, people going to a specific web page, or you know people opening a, a letter and scanning a QR code that you know is uniquely attached to that campaign. Um, as long as you're able to kind of take those 
those intense signals and put them in a way to really kind of show your work, right? Like, you know, we did X campaign in this channel and this is what our, you know, impressions are. Um, I think getting, understanding that you, you know, that call to response type of type of thing, if you can find the data and you can find the way to kind of interweave those through multiple channels, I think that it's going to have the most success um, in a marketing campaign. Because like I said, you know, one single channel doesn't, you know, doesn't cut it these days. There's just too many, there's too much, you know, uh, just, I don't want to say fragmentation, but like, there's just too much opportunities for that customer journey. And, And one of the things that I've noticed too is, those journeys, you might think you define the customer journey in this way, right? This guy's going to get this letter or this guy's going to get to see this digital ad placement and he's going to click this thing and he's going to go through the lead funnel. And uh, yeah, maybe you could probably quantify some of that, but you know, the same instance, that journey might be different, right? They they get this, they get an offer, they get a display and then they're Googling you, right? They're yeah. They're looking at your reviews. They're looking at your social proof. They're looking at all these other things. And so there's always going to be areas where you can't kind of bucket those those into one type thing. And that's, I guess, where, you know, you, you talked about how you attribute that, whether that's first in, first out, last or whatever. Um, but to a client, you know, understanding that just posting something on LinkedIn, uh, w- you know, what is the what is success in that action look like? Right. Exactly. Is it engagement? Is it leads? Is it, you know, final conversions for sales? Right. So do you think the changes on that we're going to see coming in Google and, and add to that all of the different um, um, generative AI um, products that are coming along, like, do you think those changes are going to make this better? Or do you think it's going to uh, uh, this this problem with understanding how a prospect moves through a funnel? Right. Know, will that make well, it better or worse? Certainly- it's certainly going to change journeys, right? And and yep. it's going to change the way you monetize those. You know, to, to if to, I'll just put Google as a scenario, right? So if the majority of your search traffic that you're able to monetize decreases, um, you know that's a that's yeah. an impact. And so I, I think that that is probably going to be the place AI is going to take a, a lot of that. And there's a lot of you know a lot of really just amazing things that are coming out in generative AI. And also, you know, um, you know, there's another tech thing that I, uh, I, I was listening to a podcast. One of um, actually the CEO of HubSpot was talking about vector indexing, which is yeah. basically like taking your intent and being able to throw it into kind of an array and mapping that out and, and kind of funneling that those results. And that's, I guess that's the core basis of how AI does some of its um, its modeling. But that is going to change. It's going to change okay. that industry. It's also going to change, you know, any industry that is looking to kind of, you know, increase efficiency on 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 a way. Um, but also, like, there have been far more. Uh, for me, I I like old school things. Like, even though I do tech, like I I, I have a direct mail automation agency. Like, I I do like old school channels, and I've always liked where you can intersect. Digital kind of niceties like A-B testing, you know, uh, dynamic merge insertions, you know, one-to-one tracking with something old school, right? Like like swag fulfillment or a direct mail piece or something like that. And so where I'm interested really is how those things intersect and really where you can build out a journey and, and you know, to send a piece of mail or send a piece of swag is just as simple as an API call and it just ropes underneath your channel. But uh, that'd be interesting. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's really where my 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 interest is, but I mean, how can you not, you know, 
have a conversation about generative AI. I mean, it's, right, it's, right. it's everywhere. Everybody is wanting to, you know, create their own, you know, open AI wrapper on their, their search tool or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's, you're starting to see kind of how that plays with just the the amount of kind of focus and money and effort that's going into that space. Uh-huh. Um, but I still think that we're pretty, pretty, pretty much on the left hand side of that bell curve still. Um, yeah, so it'll great. be curious to see like how um, that progresses as adoption uh, increases. But it's certainly a very cool thing to see of how you can integrate that into your workflow. Um, and a lot, you know, sometimes it's just something as simple as I have a marketing automation platform that I use for a client and they rolled out a, a cool thing where that you can actually do um, A-B testing scenarios on email subjects, right? Like it gives you basically, hey, this this subject needs a little bit of retweaking. Here's some suggestions. Mm. That I think is like a nice support, right? It's, right, not, right? it's not in the driver's seat full time, but it does supplement, you know, uh, an area that that I, I think could be, you know, yeah. beneficial. So we'll see how, kind of how that shakes out. But yeah, it's definitely inciting, exciting times for, you know, anybody that's in digital marketing or, or kind of in the digital space. So as we end this podcast, I want to give you the last word, Michael, any advice? So one, any last words that you'd like to give the audience mm-hmm. and any advice that you have for marketers who want to enhance the technical side of their marketing skill? Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I told you kind of my ethos about markets or conversations and and anyone that's wanting to get into the, you know, the wild ride that is marketing. Um, I think understanding that at the end of the day, you know, we're about conversations and, you know, understanding that if you can kind of always keep that in the back of your, your mind, when you're creating your campaigns, um, you know, I think that you're going to have a, you're, you're going to have a, a good place in marketing. Um, some advice I would give, uh, you know, really the biggest thing um, for me, it, it's more of a mental framework, but a lot of time when people are putting together marketing strategy and campaigns, they get stuck on this, the, the whole notion of the campaign as an abstract, right? Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be, you know, kind of fine-tuned. And one of the things I've taken from the technical and development side is your first iteration is going to suck. <laughs> like that, that's just that's just out the door. And so the sooner you can get that, the sooner that you can ship that campaign and iterate off of it, that's really where the magic of like using these technical tools, because your feedback loop is so tight on a lot of these things by you not be running this campaign, you're actually shooting yourself in the foot because you're not given the opportunity for the actual market to provide feedback for you. Uh-huh. And so with these tools, there's no point, you know, maybe if it was an old school channel, right. You're throwing some billboards, that stuff takes weeks, newspaper stuff, but like for digital, you literally can click a button, run a display ad campaign and get signals within, you know, minutes, if not hours. And so to not leverage that full tilt, I think, as a marketer, you're 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 kind of you're limiting the way that you can get better on 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 campaigns. Um, you know that would probably be my biggest advice. Don't get hung up on the abstract notion of this kick-ass marketing campaign and just do the thing and iterate off of it. Just do the thing. Just do the thing. That's some great advice, um, Michael. So thank you, Michael, so much for your time today. Before he leaves, we need to know his, we need to know your uh, business. Oh, you're going to do it? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I interrupted. Pardon me. Well, thanks, the tech, you will sit back. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, and so if you want to get in touch with Michael, 
You can reach him at somethingkiller.com, which is his his business website. He's also on LinkedIn at Michael Pope, Instagram and Twitter at somethingkiller. Thank you yes, so ma'am. much for your time today, Michael. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank it. you so much for having. And I'm I'm super excited to see uh, the next uh, guest that you guys have. And hopefully I've been able to kind of give you, you know, at least a, a little bit of, you know, knowledge. No, great. you're great. I knew it would yes. be. <laughs> thank <it>. you. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thanks, Take Michael. Care. Thank you for joining us today on the Tech Aunties podcast. If you have a topic you would like us to cover, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. You can also find this episode and others at techaunties.com. Until next time, y'all be sweet. <laughs>